Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show with the host that talks to himself when he wants to seek out another expert opinion. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. It is uh, Tuesday in the midst of June. I hope you all had a wonderful Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. Uh, On tonight's show, my co-host is Tom Provost, and the last time we talked to Tom, it was before the Chicago Pipe Show, so uh, Tom and I are going to talk in uh, just a few moments about uh, the Chicago Pipe Show, and in particular about some of the uh, super vintage tins that he's opened up in the past. Uh, Then we'll have uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I gotta warn you. Um, this show is about as close to live as we've done ever because of uh, cutting it close and some uh, scheduling oopsies and so on and so on. So uh, not a lot of editing in this one. Not a lot of time for editing. So if you ever wanted to hear what the show might sound like live, well, this is as close as it has gotten in the past. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> the hot days of summer are here and... Uh, you know, I've uh, I've switched. I've started smoking some of my summertime tobacco. I opened up a can of McCraney's Red Ribbon, uh, the 2000 crop from 2008. Opened that up last week. So that's what I am smoking. And a quick shout out to uh, Kyle, who I saw last week at, uh, at McCraney's, and to his son, who may be listening. So... Uh, <laughs> And remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are, unless your father's in the car with you. Uh, in that case, it's okay. Hey, do us a favor in uh, iTunes or Stitcher. Leave us a rating or a review. We would greatly appreciate that. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and uh, back with me, although it's only been a couple of weeks since you're, well, maybe a month since the show aired, but it's been a while since we've talked. So, uh, Tom Provost, welcome back. Brian, how are you doing? Pipes Magazine radio show crowd, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, hey, I got to warn you, there was a sale on San Pellegrino big bottles the the 25 ounce bottles and they were like a dollar each so i got a bunch of them and i just had a burrito so with that in the in the in the bubbled water i'm a little bubbly right now so are we expecting the bubbly personality that you've never actually shown or are we expecting belches over the recording well there may be moments that i pull away from it because i mean this is uh <laughs> we're cutting this as close to live as i ever want to do this so uh anyway tom um uh all right what are you what are you smoking tonight and what are you smoking it in all right so i am smoking a tin of court of saint james i gifted it to somebody i got it back um and i have I think it was opened when I gifted it to them like three or four years ago. So it's this crispy mess of flakes and ribbons and chunks. Uh, Saltless Court of St. James, it looks ugly, but it's really a nice smoke. And I'm smoking it in a uh, Becker and Musico bent bulldog that I've discussed on the show before. I'm just looking to see, but I I think Court of St. James got discontinued. Well, it's delicious. I uh, I remember not thinking too highly of it when I first tried it, and maybe it's because it's not a very appealing-looking smoke. It, it looks like somebody did it drunk in their garage. <laughs> it's just chunks and ribbons, and it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but now uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, Question back at you. What are yeah. you smoking? What are you smoking it in? Yeah, so I, I, well, before we go on to me, uh, on that Court of St. James, are you picking up any Latakia in there? It smells like it in the tin, um, 
but, and I don't know if this is a can of worms or not, it doesn't taste like it, and I'm wondering if maybe it was just like Cavendish that was sprayed with it or something. Because I'm smelling it in the tin and even a little bit in the air, but it doesn't, it's not coming out. What I'm tasting is is the Virginia. Um, I, I'm not tasting it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if if you want me to, I'll try to find out from Sutliff what it might be in bulk. But I think I have an idea. Um, anyway, uh, for so what I, what I'm smoking is I finally opened up uh, early. Well, late last week I opened up one of my tins of McCraney's Red Ribbon, and I tend to smoke two tins per summer. So I like to have a pipe with it once in the morning in one of my smaller pipes. Uh, this one is from the uh, the 2000 crop of Red Ribbon. So it was canned in 2008. Um, so that means the tobacco in there is 18 years from out of the ground. And I just decided that with as full as my stomach is feeling right now <laughs> between the... <laughs> Between the burritos and the uh, and the big bottle of uh, Pellegrino bubbly water, I thought this would be a perfect thing to have a little pipe. So I pulled out the uh, my first Sato, the first one I ever bought, the one that uh, the one that sent me down a uh, dark tunnel of despair and love with all the Sato pipes. Um, and it, this is one of the pipes that I like to smoke red ribbon in during the summertime this little pipe and that red ribbon is just a it's just a magical little combination and even though it's a group two or group three size you know it's still if i pace it i can get a good 35 40 minutes out of the bowl and in the morning that gets me through my first cup of coffee sometimes and maybe into my second cup and it's just it's just a great way, but yeah, I really can't smoke the I I can't smoke red ribbon unless it's warm and humid out, and until it's warm and humid, I just leave the red ribbons all sitting there, aging away. Um, I don't. Do you have any other tobaccos that any tobaccos that you like during the summertime that you don't like during the winter? Um, I really like. Dunhill's Elizabethan in the summer, and uh, just by happenstance, I was digging through my cellar today, and I actually found a tin from 2014 that had popped. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I had to bite the bullet and start smoking it this morning. Um, but I, I actually do find that I like something burly. Um, Solani, aged burly. Uh, is just an impeccable summer smoke, and it might be uh, might be linked to the fact that the first time I ever had it was in Nashville at that pipe show where I met you before you were a doctor of pipes, and it was just a hot, somewhat muggy, not too muggy, not Wisconsin muggy, but it was a hot day, and I can still remember where um, I was given my first bowl of Solani Burley, and every summer I open up a tin or two of Solani Burley and smoke that. That was the uh, that was the same pipe show where the uh, where several YouTubers had a uh, had a camp out at a local campsite nearby. Oh yeah, we camped, we drank, we knew that there were certain people who had never camped because we saw them try to set up a tent, and it was good times. <laughs> and you knew that there were several people that had that had gone to pipe shows before and had. <laughs> never thought of camping because we all had hotel rooms yes most most of the the thinking crowd were in the hotels enjoying that beautiful air conditioning and hot water and a shower yeah yeah something nice there was lukewarm water and sprinkling showery type things at the campground <laughs> it was a uh, it? it was a fun time um so so for this for this visit, what I've asked you to do was to uh, go back over some of your uh, some of your tin openings that you've done. You've done some at the uh, at the Chicago Pipe Show with Perry Jensen. You've done some vintage stuff on your own. 
So we're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. So uh, stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achille Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. Tom and I are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. It's uh, Tuesday afternoon. And um, all right, Tom, so the last year, this past year at the Chicago Pipe Show, you opened up a tin of some vintage something McBaron with uh, with Perry Jensen. And I've seen you do this a couple of years before, too. So first, first of all, let's talk about um, are you willing to divulge where you get some of your vintage tobaccos from? One was uh, actually given to me from someone in Milwaukee. Uh, it was through Yuli's because they had seen the YouTube videos. <laughs> so they wanted they wanted their tin being opened. Um, one was through a friend, and the other two were the basement of Yuli's. So it's all been through Yuli's kind of. All right, and when but, we're uh, when we're talking about vintage tobaccos, we're not talking about like three or four or five years old. We're we're talking twenty, thirty years, forty years old. So far, the youngest one we did was thirty-five years. And the and the most recent one you did at this past Chicago Pipe Show that was McBaron Symphony, right? McBaron Symphony that pair put at uh, late sixties. Uh, that it was, he, he looked at the distributor and said, yeah, we had that distributor up until the early 70s, so that would put that one in the late 60s, which would put that one in math, you know. So we're looking at 50-plus years old, right? Math? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a vintage late 60s model. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't taste better than I did when back then. Uh, so... So what was the tobacco like? What 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 were you anticipating and what was what was it like when you opened it and what was it like when you smoked it? Well, I brought this uh this specific one, Symphony, uh really to show off the tin. Um you've 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 had different guests on different tobacconists talk about why they tin something a certain way. Or you've had you, you listen to conversations because we're you know, us pipe smokers are basically like a, a knit and bitch circle where people talk about what yarn is the best. <laughs> so you hear people talk about what tin is the best, what what ages the tobacco the best, what allows for the flavors to meld properly, et cetera. And I knew from having opened other McBaron tins in this uh, tin style, which is like a big metal tub, um, I'm trying to get into it in my cellar right now, actually. I knew that it would let people know that this particular tin that McBaron was using at the time wasn't really good for aging. It's, it was seven ounces of tobacco. This was uh, done by Faber & Co. And it's in like a, a metal screw-on top. Yeah. And I, I wanted people to see that the evolution of tinning of tobacco has really moved to the advantage of, of aging. Because what they did was they put this in a metal tin, put it in a plastic wrap, and screwed it shut with a little rubber band in the top to seal it. And what the plastic did was basically broke the seal of, of the metal and all the moisture evaporated. Oh, uh, and I knew that would happen because I had a, 
I had some tins when I was at Yulee's uh, of Virginia Number One, um, as well as like a mixture uh, that we had done this to. We had opened up, reviewed, looked at, and the tobacco was basically the same but dry. So you know, if you wanted a, I like a drier tobacco, so it, it didn't take a lot to bring it back for my tastes. But um, it was it. I, I knew that people would see that and go, okay, we complain about what we currently have, but at least we don't have that. <laughs> yeah. so, so these tins were not really intended for aging. They were intended for transporting the tobacco safely from the factory to the consumer and then being opened. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you can read about it in some of the magazines or you could probably listen to some of the shows. The, the traditional smoker, the 60s and 70s smoker, uh, I want that, and they went home and smoked it. Yeah, there, there wasn't jars and jars and pounds and pounds being put into mason jars or being kept in certain types of tins for the purpose of smoking twenty years from now. Um, <laughs> you mean there wasn't some Yahoo uh, that would that would buy a tin of tobacco in two thousand and eight and finally open it up a week ago? I know. Or you know, I get excited if they went to. Uh, you know, somewhere like Iwan Rees and picked up a Cornell and Deal tin and saw an 08-day code rather than a 16-day code. You know, yeah. Something like that. So how was, what did the tobacco smell like when you opened the tin? It had a sweet smell, but it wasn't anything, it wasn't an overwhelming aroma. Uh, you opened it up and you knew it was a lightly aromatic sweet tobacco. I think we have Symphony as Burleys and Virginias. And you could, you could pick up on it, but it wasn't anything overwhelming. And I say overwhelming because when we opened up the other tins in previous years, you actually had an overwhelming waft of the smells of tobacco that people walking by could smell. Yeah. Um, how did it taste? It's, it's nice. Uh, Symphony, it's, it's as described as mild and cool. I smoked probably five or six bowls of it. It's just a, a no-brainer good thing, good, good smoke. And, um, given the fact that it was in this plastic and in this specific tin, uh, and I'm a McBaron fan, I preface by saying that, uh, you didn't have to let it sit out to get rid of the bite. Um, <laughs> find a lot of fresh McBarons. Uh, some of the HHs excluded, uh, you need to let it sit out or, or you're going to get a little irritation. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty, uh, I don't get tongue bite from a lot of stuff, but I can understand the sensation that other people talk about. If I smoke a McBaron fresh right out of the tin without letting it air out, it's not as enjoyable as letting it sit and get rid of some of that, that topping. Now, let me ask you, you said that the tobacco was sitting in a plastic bag inside of the metal tin. Did you get any sense of the plastic from it? Was there any deterioration of the plastic? Um, no, the plastic was still pretty, pretty rough and tough. Uh, the, the tobacco itself, um, doesn't look like Symphony does now. I, uh, I'm actually a fan of the aesthetics of McBaron. They have a nice clumpy broken flag. If you were to open a tin today, you'd see it. Uh, it kind of, kind of was crumbly and uneven. Um, but no. No deterioration of the plastic in this. The paper inside the plastic yellowed real nicely, but it was an unsatisfying opening. It was only satisfying because I brought it on purpose to show that, yeah, you might get a circle tin or a square tin that pops from time to time, and you might get a little rust around the edges, uh, but but the tins that McBaron is currently using is far superior to the ones that were being distributed by Faber and Co. Now let's go. Let's go back in time. And uh, what other what other uh, vintage? I mean, super vintage tins have you opened? Uh, so three shows ago, and it's because two shows ago, Pear didn't show up. Yep. Uh, I don't know. He said he was scared or something like that in my video. If you watch it, uh, <laughs> and oh. Just a preface, if you go on my station and you look for Pear Jensen opening up tins, you, you will only see one video. 
the other videos I actually did on the Northern Bohemian station. He, he filmed them and I gave pair of the tins. Um, uh, the two year or three years ago now, three shows ago, we did a McBaron light mixture. Uh, he said that was about 35 years old. And that was, uh, I actually, I'm a big fan of mixture and mixture flake. I've talked about it before. Uh, I had never heard of light, so I just wanted him to talk to that. And what uh, McBaron Light was, was a, or is, because it's still in England apparently under some name because they have to keep changing the names. Yeah. And uh, watch these videos. To anyone out there, watch these videos. Pear just spills knowledge and information. He, t- <laughs> he talks about just, just openly, first of all, he's funny and approachable. But he also, he just shares the information on these blends so you get to learn a lot. Uh, I brought the light in to learn what it was. I'd never seen it before. I, I was uh, gifted this uh, tin from someone through Yulis. And I got to learn that they use a different type of burley to back up the nicotine. Um, I didn't like it. It smelled fantastic. The paper was uh, browned and yellowed. The The smell was overwhelming. It was sweet and rich. And um, if you like the tin note of mixture, you, you picked up on the similarities and the quality of the smell. Uh, I just didn't like it. I, I do like more body. That's that's one of the reasons why I like um, McBaron mixture, because I feel it's, a, it's a, an aromatic blend that I can go to and get my nicotine fix. Now get the, that get that vitamin in. The this mixture light is in a very large rectangular can. It almost looks like a uh, like a giant sized deck of cards. Yeah, it was in a tin that um, it, it it was longer than like the three point five ounce the McBaron tins that they use today. Yeah. Uh, it was it was almost like you said like a like a I, I think of an old maid deck of cards because yeah. Grew up, grew up poor. We went to the dollar store and got old made deck of cards on a regular <laughs> basis. And I used to cheat and beat my mom. But yeah, that's what it looked like. It was a it was a little thinner, a little longer. Um, that was the first time that Pear talked to us there about how the the uh, rusting on the side isn't necessarily a sign of what's going on inside the tin that you don't have to get all out of out of whack going oh my gosh my tobacco's ruined there's rust on the outside and sure enough he popped it it was wonderful to to look at um i ended up giving it to someone uh at Yulee's at the time because they were very excited to see mcbaron light apparently they liked it they were older than me probably like your age you know old oh, and yeah. they liked <clears throat> <laughs> they liked that blend when it was carried uh when it was on the shelves so I gave it to them. But um, the year before was the most exciting year. Well, I'll tell you, I'll um, tell you what, before we get to that, let's take our last break, and then we'll talk about that one. Is that okay with you? Well, I was going to share there was another tin opening the same year I did the mixture light, but you're the boss. Let's, let's take that break. We'll be back in just a minute. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, we've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellAndDeal.com. We 
you're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I cut you off about your very favorite tin opening. So, Tom, go ahead. What was it? Well, to keep you all in suspense, I'm going to back up again. So, <laughs> the same year that I did the, uh, the McBaron uh, Mixture Light was when you and I actually first started becoming like buds and Uh-oh. stuff. And I had a vintage tin that Ed Andrews had given me of, I think it was 2000 or 2002, somewhere in there. It was a really early Frogmorton. And I wanted Mike McNeil to open it for me. (laughs) And I don't know if you remember this, but I had said, what should I do? (laughs) Like, you know, I'd seen Mike, I'd I'd said like hi to him, uh, but never had full on conversations or anything like that. And you said, walk up to him, hand him the tin, say, I want you to talk about this, and go. Yeah, and how'd that work for you? <clears throat> it went. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked up to him, I said, you have a minute to talk about this tobacco? He's like, uh, yeah. I was like, all right, go. And I just went with the Northern Bohemian uh, behind the camera. That video is on his station as well. And he talked about Frog Morton, talked about uh, the difference of what it would look like, what cans he used, what blah, 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 and on and on. And uh, I realized now I realized now that in that moment, if you just walk up to Mike and go, you're going to hear it. He's going to let you know. Yeah. Did another tin opening with him in Kansas City. And, yeah, I mean, he. if my phone hadn't run out of memory, I think he would have gone on for hours and hours and hours. He still and, uh, was going on. You just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he talked a uh, sugar content now. Virginia has to be exactly. And I didn't know that there was that much thought um, inside the mind of, of, of that man, that he was measuring the sugar content of every leaf to make sure that it would fit to the specific one that needed that sugar content. <laughs> and then he even made a jab at me that I had diabetes and he had to make a low sugar uh, Virginia for me. <laughs> if only sugar entered the bloodstream that way yeah <laughs> then you um, could just exhale twinkies and your blood sugar would go way down yeah that's what oh that would be awesome eat whatever i want and just blow it out like smoke yeah or have burritos and um, in, uh, in a big carbonated water for dinner and not burp into the microphone Mm-hmm. i do have a mute button Anyway, uh, uh, we always should use it more often. Yeah. Um, I, me- <laughs> I mentioned this Kansas City show. I, I think you got that that got moved, right? It's in September this year. Yeah, yeah. All right. I just recommend everyone go. That year, I also did a tin opening of Cajun Cake from Oh Something or Other with uh, Jeremy Jeremy Reeves of Cornell and Deal. And uh, I'm just going to say it: if if any of you want to do a YouTube video where you do a tin opening. Go up to Jeremy Reeves. Man, he is so gracious, so kind with his time. He will tell you the whole history of the tobacco. Uh, the only thing is just expect to share it. And I would say that with everyone. Like if you do with Pear or go up to Mike McNeil or Jeremy, just be prepared to share. Um, Tarler, uh, Christopher Tarler, uh, did some tin openings too. So if you ever come across him at a show and it's old, uh, old Cornell and Deal regime, take advantage of it and and do it. Just ask them, hey, tell me about this blend, and let's talk about it. And uh, it, it's always fun and exciting, and then you get to smoke it, and it's, that's the whole reason why we're here, right, is to smoke. Yeah, so let, let's go back, way back in time, and go to the uh, the old tin of McBaron Royal Twist that you opened. That'll be, that'll be last, because okay. that has oh. a cool story. Am I, see, I'm My, too excited. My <laughs> my favorite was the Scottish uh, mixture. It was McBaron mixture. Um, that one he opened. And what I didn't let everyone know is that we actually found in the basement of Uli's, it was uh, my the best man at my wedding and his dad, who I tried getting on your show because he's a World War II vet who smokes a pipe. But yeah. he, do, he, he doesn't want to talk to people. But he... Uh, he was down in the basement one day with us where I was giving a tour and we found these tins of mixture 
and we smoked. We each grabbed one and smoked one ourselves. And that mixture, uh, which is 40-plus years old, was like a rich, grape, sweet. All these flavors came out. When uh, Paris says something like, smoke uh, mixture slowly, and you'll find flavors that you didn't know were there. Oh, man, these were at the forefront. Um, <laughs> and so when he got when he opened up that one, I was excited because it meant I got to smoke more. Um, I that those tins. If anyone has any of those tins lying around, open them, smoke them, and live life. It was. It's just it. It was one of the tobaccos that I smoked that made me realize I don't like a lot of aromatics. Because when I was smoking that, I was still trying to figure out where's my where where my favorite tobacco going to be. I was still trying to figure that out and having that mixture that was uh, that old, I went, Oh my gosh, some of these, uh, you know, lane one cues and whatnot, they just don't do it for me because the flavor in this mixture is so awesome and overwhelming and it's not wet. So, uh, so if, I think came out. if anybody has any tins and they want to donate them to you, uh, just reach out to me and I'll get you Tom's address and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like donating to diabetes, write it off. Um, yeah. write yeah. it off for insurance. Uh, guaranteed not to raise your blood sugar though. Guaranteed. <laughs> all right. All now right, can we talk twist. about the Royal twist? Royal twist. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty new on YouTube. Uh, and I was doing reviews of McBaron and Sutliff tobaccos. And I had found that tin in the basement of Yulee's and went, what is this royal twist? And I didn't want to open it because I'd started hearing people talk about, you know, you should save some older tins. And plus I wanted to know what is this? And so, you know, I went on tobaccoreviews.com and I was like, oh, this sounds like it would be exciting, but I want to know the story. When, when was this? What is this? And so I reached out to a contact that I had at Sutliff and he said, no clue. I have no clue, but I'll send it to someone. So I get a response back from somebody at McMarran and they say, that's about 45 years old. Um, good tin. I hope you enjoy it. Just a nice, simple reply. <laughs> I then find out that I'm going to, uh, was that my first Chicago show? Probably. I'm going to Chicago show. And I know that when you get together with other pipe smokers, you bring specific tobaccos. You know, you want to bring something that you can share with people that's special. So you can have a special bond with your friends. And uh, I bring it to Chicago with me. I put it in my, my satchel. Um, and it's the first night of Chicago and I see a gentleman standing in the doorway of the tent and he's not talking to anyone. And I think, Hey, pipe smoking is about meeting new people and making relationships. So I go and I walk up to this guy and I start a conversation with this gentleman and we're talking about the tobacco jars and we're talking about, or the, the contest tobaccos. And I said something like, I think this one's McBaron. And the gentleman picks it up and he goes, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> and the lights turn on. And I realize I'm talking to Per Jensen, the guy who's doing the whole thing. And I was like, whoa, you're, he's like, yeah, I'd never met him. I'd never really watched any videos of him online. And I reach into my satchel and I pull out this Royal twist and he goes, you're the one I responded to. Yes, that's 45 years old. And I just asked him. <laughs> can we do this on video? And he said, find me tomorrow. And I think I found him tomorrow. And I think he made me wait until Sunday. But <laughs> I mean, that McBaron table, that McBaron solace table is busy. Um, especially, I think you guys are still allowed to do samples. Then that was, yeah. uh, that was not something I envied. I would not want to have wanted to have been a McBaron or Cornell and deal and samples were being handed out. Us, us people at the shows, we just want, 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 Hand cramps, hand cramps from writing the labels. Ooh, yeah. yeah, no, thank you. But 
that tobacco, um, and that was a that was a YouTube year. I mean, there were people from Hawaii, and I think that was the year the folks from Australia came in, and Texas, um, all got to sit and watch this video. It was the tobacco was awesome, um, and it was what started the tradition of seeking out pear bringing a vintage tin, yes, I have more, and asking him to open it so that we could do a video for YouTube. So what did it taste like? That was, as you would expect, not spicy. It was very sweet, very mellow, um, and the surprise that I had was I had to let it sit out. I made the joke about letting McBaron sit out a little bit. Yeah. I actually wanted to let that sit out a little bit because it still had that top. I mean, the tobacco was still moist and ready to smoke. Like it was, it was in perfect condition despite there being some rust on the tin. Wow. Uh, and it was one where uh, I gave samples to all my YouTube buddies, and I even got. I think I don't think YouTube does messages anymore, and if it does, I. I don't look, so sorry if you've messaged me. But um, it's, uh, I got messages from every single person I got samples from going, oh my gosh, if you find more tins, let me know. It was, <laughs> it was very, very sweet and mellow, and it just had a good, a good flow to it, and it burnt down to a crisp, and it was also a great video because Pear uh, showed how to properly pack a McBaron coin. Ooh, the the Perry Ensign coin twist load. Yes, you you twist and like this. I mean, he shows it in the video. It's it was a it was a cool experience just to get to have it, get to smoke it, and he um I felt like you know internal pride because he wanted to take some home, and here I am, some little dorky YouTube kid bringing up a tin of tobacco to uh. A, a master blunder and he wanted to take them <laughs> home if you it was, just, it was just awesome if you want to find these videos just go on to youtube and simply type in pear jensen p-e-r second word j-e-n-s-e-n -E -E and then mcbaron and they all pop up right there you're just they're sitting there waiting for you to watch and you can you can see the four or five of them that are up there um Tom, we didn't talk much about your Chicago pipe show. Uh, how long were you, how long were you there? Because I think I saw you for about eight minutes. And then, uh, what all did you see and get? I saw you for eight minutes, and then I saw you in the tent. Or no, I saw you in the on the showroom floor, and you were on the hunt. Yep. Um, I had a burly fest. <laughs> uh, that new McBaron Burley Flake, I tried a sample and bought six tins, and then I won the auction for the Chicago Pipe Show Silent Auction for the Burley Flake. Uh, I grabbed, uh, I think, a bunch of tins of Salami Burley, and then through just, you know, wheeling, dealing, and trying to figure some stuff out. I got some Honeydew by McClelland, which is a blend I really like. Uh, Stockton Roll Cake. And that was, I bought a pipe from somebody in a hotel room, but I said I wouldn't buy a pipe without him making me a deal. And he threw in um, Stockton uh, Roll Cake and an H10 of McBaron Navy Flag. I was like, <laughs> all right, we got a deal then. Um, I also got some Solani mango because I'd only had one tin of that and I'd always wanted to, or one bowl of that and I had it at a Chicago show a couple of years ago and I wanted to try it to see if it was any good. So I grabbed that to try. And I did really well. I think I only got four pipes. Oh, is that all? That's it. I did uh I um I was still selling for my brother in law's auction and yeah. um Pete uh, Prevost, who, by the way, I am not Pete Prevost. No. I was introduced as Pete Prevost. No, Prevost uh, makes to, the buses. Provost is the one that runs the schools. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Because I, 
I was introduced to a group of gentlemen who didn't speak English, so I just went along with it. And then I later <laughs> had to tell Pete that um, if a bunch of Japanese people don't believe he's Pete Prevost, it's because I pretended I was him. And and Tom, I don't I don't want to pick on you, but you know, Pete plays guitar really well and makes really good pipes, and you don't. You make occasional YouTube videos sometimes. I, and I can I can belch the alphabet. I mean, that's yeah. I would yeah. yeah I would. I felt bad <laughs> that I pretended I was Pete. Uh, but he uh, he donated to my brother in law's auction, and while I was standing there, Briarworks came out with that whole um, like classic shape line. Yeah. And I got a red sandblast cutty with the uh, yellow stem. And it is really a nice little, uh, it's a perfect little uh, flake pipe. Hmm. Throw a flake, uh, like Peter Stowe could be in there, or the, uh, you know, throw a little bit of that Amphora Virginia that was just released in there. And it's perfect for a car ride. Uh, I also got a Belkovic Cuddy Estate. I got a. Um, Brevia Calabash 1997 Jubilee, and as I think I told you, I don't know if it was on the show or in person, that the Brevia Calabash was like on my list of pipes that I had to get. It's a, it's a pipe I wanted for about four or five years, wanted to get it, and I saw one on the estate table, 1997 uh, Jubilee celebration, and I got that. And then finally I got a uh, Meerschaum from Ishmael, um, I forget the company he has, I don't know, Ishmael uh, made me a carving of a skull uh, three years ago after I met him and we just really hit it off, he's a really great guy, I don't know, if you, if you had Ishmael on the show, because you should get him on the show, he's awesome, um, and uh, I got a Mearsham from him, so that was my Chicago show loot. Did you notice that some of the uh, some of the estate pipe sellers were a little more liberal with their discounts this year? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, did I notice that? Uh, oh, thank you, Iwin Rees, for doing the McClellan at MSRP. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I noticed that the, uh, the, the I think the pipe people realized that folks were there for tobacco this year. I um. I post Chicago, and I told you this prior to us hitting record. I did a pipe trade with a a state seller, and I, I mean, I I paid like nothing for a fern down, and I think it's because they were more liberal with their discounts. Yeah, because we've like all said. we've all run out of money stockpiling tobacco for Armageddon. I'm ready. I've got a bunch of bullets and a bunch of mason jars. <laughs> Yeah. So how long were you in Chicago? Were you there for two nights? I was there uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So three Ooh. nights. Yeah, and, and you were you were wife you. you were wife free and there longer than me. Yeah, my uh my wife stayed with the kiddo. Um let me run the stuff for the auction, which by the way, now that we're post Chicago, I said it in the pre Chicago so awesome. Thank you guys so much. The Auction went awesome. Thank you. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was fun. I, uh, went to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I, I can't remember who it was, but it was, um, geez, oh, Louise. I think it was Scott Seeley. Yeah. I was in a room with Scott Seeley and, uh, him and some other of the older gents, we're like, okay, let's start playing. And they went to go play music live. And I was like, and it's time for me to go to bed. So I don't even know how late they stayed up, but I was in bed before the old guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're old at heart. Uh, and, and, you know, getting a good night's sleep away from the wife and kid can be kind of fun sometimes. It was actually two nights in a row because the night before, Lee Von Erk and Dave Neep were awake laughing, and I was like, "Guys, I'm going to bed." <laughs> <laughs> or and I mean, Lee's older than dirt, so uh, he's got the patent for dirt. Um, yeah, and, and the other and the other thing that you got to remember with Chicago is that it, it, it's a marathon; it's not a sprint. So you got to pace yourself, and you got to do all that stuff, and then. 
if you're sharing a room with somebody else, it's a whole lot nicer to go to bed before they do because then you're fast asleep when they come in and make all their uh, ruckus. Exactly, and that's what I was doing. I was beating the other guy to bed. There you go. All right, Tom, we've uh, we've uh, beat this one with a dead horse. Um, good catching up with you. Hope all is well with the family. And uh, thanks for those are those are some really cool videos and some and some cool insight to what you know what some of these tobaccos taste like. Yeah, I'd encourage people to not only check out those videos but uh, give it a shot to make one. Um, even if your face isn't on it, uh, just for the sake of getting, if you have some vintage tins, whether they be Cornell and Deal or McClelland or any of the old Lane tins, find someone who is in the know to open them. Oh, another person. I haven't done tin openings with them, but just another person, Mark Ryan. Do a video with Mark Ryan. That man is so generous with sharing his knowledge that you should, uh, you should try to give it a shot. The man who saved Perique, my hero. Amen. Yeah. All right, Tom, thanks again, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. internet radio and i am back on the pipes magazine radio show remember if you have a comment or question for tom in particular uh email me brian at pipesmagazine.com or post it on the pipes magazine radio show page on the forums all right for music i thought you know what in in honor of matt guitar murphy's passing last week uh let's go back to the blues brothers and uh Featuring Donald Duck Dunn on bass. Why not go back to the song that they're most known for? Truckload and when you get it, you get 
Chopper and Duck Dynamite. And that was uh, quite obviously a live version of Soul Man. And, you know, just listen to that band. I mean, those guys all, all really knew how to play. Mm, message from the dark side there is. In the mailbag, a couple of things from Facebook. First, Steve writes uh, last week, uh, you know, it's a long ride home from work when you get to listen to two complete episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show on the way. Most of the time, I only get to listen to one. That is, uh, that, that's one heck of a commute, and I'm not sure two episodes makes it go by any easier. Uh, and then uh, William also writes, congratulations on episode 300. I now listen to your show while, on, while driving a truck up in Alaska, uh, which is uh, much better on the uh, tobacco taxes than the last time we talked, to, last time we heard from William when he was in uh, Singapore, I think, or... Uh, Somewhere in the somewhere in the east that had uh, terrible taxes. So, anyway, glad you're glad you're back in the uh, in the USA. Uh, going back to last week's show with uh, Doc Walt, uh, Voorhees said, a "Great show. I met Walt in Chicago this year at the Friday smoking tent sale. I became enamored with a blasted freehand sitter he had and got it before uh, before someone else did." Walt is a true artisan. Glad you had him on the show. Glad you enjoyed it, and I'd like everybody to keep uh, Voorhees or Jason in our in your thoughts as he uh, lost his wife this week. Uh, Piper, Piper, I don't know how to say this. P i p e r y g e r. Piper eager. I've uh, been trying to figure out uh, how to describe this show to other people. He says. And in this episode, you nailed the description perfectly. It'll be a lot of rambling and a little bit of gibberish, but maybe something good will come out of it. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment, a complaint, or an accurate description. Um, probably all three of those, but yeah, that's about the show. Uh, and then Casey Ghost says, uh, good show as usual. The interview with, uh, with Walt was very good considering he did like to ramble. A little surprised that a guy who is older than me would be getting into car into the carving game, but we all look for ways to keep busy. I never heard of a reservation system that didn't guarantee the room you wanted at the time of reservation. I guess it shows that I don't go out much. Yeah, and if you don't go out much to Las Vegas where they don't guarantee anything, then you wouldn't know about it. Um, and then uh, Down Home Smoker said... Good show. I always enjoy hearing about things like how the medical field used to support smoking. The organ music was enjoyable, pleasant smokes. And then uh, I also got an email from Dino, the honorary musical director of the Pipes Magazine radio show, also uh, talking about the uh, talking about the music. And he said, uh, "What did he say here?" He said, "Yo," in typical Dino fashion. Uh, Hi, Brian. Love the show. The Willens piece was terrific. Uh, by the way, did you see my short poem in the NASPC's Pipe Collector? In case you missed it, I thought you might enjoy it. Now, I haven't asked him if I can read this here, uh, but it's too late. I'm going to do it anyway. For those of you that are not members of the NASPC and don't pay the $21 a year or whatever it is for the six issues of the Pipe Collector, first of all, you're missing out. Um, Second of all, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Third of all, you're too cheap, and uh, you need to loosen up and go to naspc.org or uh, columbuspipesmokers.org or Google search it, and you'll find it. Anyway, here's the uh, poem that uh, Dino wrote about the Chicago Pipe Show Friday night. The tent is clouded blue as smoke, the aroma damn near divine. In an armchair sits a British bloke, sipping his pipe and a cup of wine. Many are stuffed from the sumptuous feast as friendships are renewed and new ones made, while a couple of guys from the east consummate a five-pipe trade. Folk who post on YouTube and those from the forums gather for a bowl and a brew like club members seeking quorums. Carvers and collectors, blenders and consumers become fine grain inspectors and debunkers of internet rumors. It's a beehive of activity, with everyone raring to go, 
the entire pipe community awaiting the opening of the show. Dino, you nailed it, except for the uh, uh, except for the occasional odd dancing and uh, ruckus jokes in there. But uh, anyway, you all should be you you definitely should be a member of the NASPC and be receiving their newsletter. Uh, comments or questions, email me Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And uh, speaking of the NASPC, that is the next pipe show on the calendar coming up. It's uh, August 17th and 18th. It's a weekend earlier than normal in Dublin, Ohio, just outside of the just outside of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, you'll definitely want to be there for Friday afternoon and evening and then all day Saturday. And then uh, usually there's some uh, hooting and hollering going on uh, on Saturday night. So that's uh, that's the next one coming up. Then after that, September 21st through the 23rd, the Greater Kansas City Pipe and Tobacco Show in Kansas City. And then the Texas Pipe Show in Fort Worth, Texas, the second year, October 6th. And then November 10th and 11th, Palace Station, Las Vegas, Nevada. If you have any other uh, pipe events going on in uh, Europe or want to talk about them, uh, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, and I will get them mentioned on the show. And remember, if you haven't been to a pipe show, you're missing out on a lot of fun, a lot of information, a lot of, uh, a lot of socializing, and uh, lots of pipes and tobaccos to look at. All right, rant time is next. Charlotte area, we have two, count them, two major hospital networks or whatever you want to call them. Two groups that basically run every hospital and every doctor is affiliated with one or the other. And we all know how I feel about the current state of health care and health insurance and how all that's handled here in the United States. But recently, one of them has decided to go bigger than uh, bigger than just the Central Carolina area, so they're changing their name and they're spending a ton of money advertising that their name is no longer Carolina's Healthcare; it's now Atrium or whatever the hell it is. But they're spending a ton of money doing that. Now to respond to that, the other one is spending a ton of money advertising that they are blah 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 and that they are homespun and the you know right here and whatever blah 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 blah. Well, these, both of these hospital networks are complaining about rising costs and rising expenses and having to cover this and cover that. Well, why the hell are they spending money advertising? There's only two of them. We don't care what your name is. All we want is good health care at an affordable price when we need it. And we don't care what your name is. If you want to really make a significant impact, why don't you lower your rates to everybody, stop all this damn advertising, because there's only two of you anyway, and then one of you who decided to stop advertising would get a social media blitz and a news blitz from lowering your prices. Your prices are out of control, but yet you're spending tons of money on advertising and, cha and name changes and all this bull, and on top of that, you're building more and more new offices here and there and here and there. Well, if costs are out of control, then you guys need to control your own costs, and I don't need to see your billboards about it. There you go. I don't know much, but I know it seems pretty simple to me, but I could just be a simpleton. Anyway, that's my thoughts on healthcare. Comments or questions, again, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. I do like getting them and uh, reading them and feedback is all wonderful. Uh, if you have any suggestions, again, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com or post them on pipesmagazine.com on the radio show page right there. I want to thank Tom and highly, and again, uh, highly suggest you uh, go check out all those videos that he mentioned. And thank you all for tuning in. Until next time. Happy trails to you.
bombardier. He's bombardier, bombardier, bombardier. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Captain, how soon can you land? I can't tell. You can tell me I'm a doctor. No, I mean, I'm just not sure. Or can't you take a guess? Well, not for another two hours. You can't take a guess for another two hours? <laughs> 